I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. to the memorial then um a golf course that we're obviously uh very aware of in muirfield village although jason there's been uh some changes to the course this week and and uh i put a video out on twitter i haven't actually viewed it myself yet because we, we came straight onto here um but i think there's been quite a lot of changes i think it's every hole has been changed a little bit by jack nicholas this week uh, you broke up there tom but i guess in the question um so yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they've done huge changes to it. Recontour greens. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. Right, recontour greens. They've dug up. They've put new grass down. They've moved tees. They've done a whole of repositioned bunkering, which I guess a lot of courses should do, really. Um, although uh, the Charles Schwab was brilliant with his bunkering over the weekend, wasn't it? I mean, that was superb. Um, you know, they really had to think off the tee. So they've done this at. Um, I'm not going to say the phrase. They've done this at Muirfield. Um, and you don't must bet not say the phrase either. Everybody hates. Um, but yeah, absolutely. They've changed it, but we have to go into it thinking the same, don't we? Otherwise, we've got nothing to go on. Um, and there are huge course correlations with certain courses. And, and I guess we need to stick to it unless, other, unless proved otherwise on, on Monday morning. Yeah, well, I think, I think and, and Mike, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think, like Jason said, there's, you can't just assume the people that have been really good here over the last 10 years are suddenly going to really struggle because of the changes that the course is still going to suit their eye and there'd be uh, modest changes as opposed to completely redesigned the golf course. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't think the essential character of a course uh, changes even if they uh, redo the greens or add some bunkers or push the tee boxes back or whatever. Um, you know, Muirfield Village has been change every year Jack Nicklaus has been tinkering with it for 45 years yeah. um, so I don't think the essential nature of it changes the only thing I'd say is that there's a, there was a big difference last year between that um, workday event they had which um, was which Morikawa won with about minus 19 or minus 20 and the week later they made the course almost ridiculously tough and John Ram won with minus 9 but yeah. uh, historically, it's been one of the um, stronger, tougher tests on tour. You know, average winning score, 12, 14 to 1. Uh, I don't think we're much different this time around. No, I don't. I, I really don't. I think that, like you said, there was there was a stark difference there. And, and if you do look at the course form, you know, just be wary that there was a completely different event last year, a completely different style of event. There were a lot of players that sort of carried over form of, over both weeks. Um you know, Jason Day actually being one of them who was struggling when he went into it. But, uh, you know, there, there's, there's certainly a case to be made for, for looking at that. John Rahm, Jason, comes in as favourite, uh, as the defending champion. Um, we, we've kind of been against him in recent weeks, um, saying he's been too short in the market. Um, played well enough at the PGA Championship, but it was kind of still really only one final round that catapulted him into eighth. Um, and he comes in here at, at 10 and 11 to 1. Um, I've got uh, various things I looked at. Um, correlation with uh, Riviera, uh, Heritage, uh, Travellers, and obviously Strokes Gained Approach. Um, and I think it's all about iron playing. I just don't think he's got the confidence. And when he does, I don't think he's got the confidence with the putter at the moment. 
So I, I, I mean, yeah, don't be wrong. Potty Mees are, you know, obviously awesome talent, but he certainly doesn't win enough to justify that price up there. And I'm happy to leave him well alone. That's ridiculous. Eight to one is just absolute nonsense. What was your thoughts on the pricing for John Rahm, Mike, this week? I'm assuming you're fairly similar. You probably rated him a lot higher than he is in the market. Uh, yeah, I rated him uh, 14 to 1. Um, I don't think he's quite. I don't think he's quite at ease with his game at the moment. Um, he may be the best player in the world, but um, uh, you know he doesn't get in contention and win often enough for me. No, I completely agree with that. I think that there is. I think, like uh, many of the others that we've been talking about in, in Morikawa or in you know Patrick Cantlay and Victor Hovland, people that are bursting on the scene, he's very much done that and he's won and, and won a few plenty. But it's there has been uh, a noticeable difference, I think, Jason, over the last year. Um, you know, there was, he's, he's had a child, he's he's changed equipment, he's he's lost his rag a few times, which he's generally going to do. I think looking at his uh, his, his heritage, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It, to me, just a 10 or 11 to 1, he never, he, like, I just never see him as, a, as an appeal. I think he's got to get to 20 to 1 and 18 to 1 before I really even worry about him. I don't, I don't, I, we've just discussed We've just discussed an 11 to 1 shot with every single thing in her favour. Not one. Ne- we cannot find one negative apart from the price on Envy Park. She's 11 to 1. There we are. Thank you. <laughs> up next is Jordan Spieth at 14s uh, best price of 16s at Univet if you can get on um, was disappointing uh, in the final round Jason uh, at Colonial which obviously you uh, benefited from um, but he's certainly playing some wonderful golf again at the moment Jordan's brilliant absolutely fantastic throughout Saturday everything Cokerack threw at him and Cokerack was excellent Saturday everything he threw at him every putt he made Jordan came back Every Miss Green, Jordan came back. And then he hit Sunday. And he was... Coke crack was rubbish, I thought. And Spieth was worse. Um, he was terrible. It, you know, and that last... You know, the last hole when um, he pulled it into the water. Exactly what he did at Phoenix as well. Um, when he pulled the shot into the water. He was... Honestly, the difference between players that he was... For most of the week and then yesterday was just unbelievable. Um they said he might have been fighting it on Saturday, but um, for me, he, looks, he looked like it was Jordan Spieth. And I actually came off Saturday and went, I just can't beat this bloke. He done me against Zach Johnson in 2012 or whatever, and he's doing it nine years later. <laughs> um, and, and quite frankly, I don't think Coach Freck would have beaten any other player ranked in a similar, similar margin uh, going into the Sunday round, a shot, a shot behind, um, and it was Jordan gave it to him. Uh, thank you, Jordan. I, you know, I appreciate it, and my new sofa will appreciate it. But um, no, not for me. You can't again. You can't back it up for me. No one. I think there's an argument for 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 all of the Justin Thomas, Rory, Bryson, for for all of them really. The same same line of thinking. I just think there's there's too many glaring struggles going on there to to get excited about any one of these. I think. Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa as the two youngsters. Uh, you know, Morikawa won the course, albeit in a different test. Um, he's playing very well and consistent and, and just needs to find a putter stroke as he always does. Um, but I certainly wouldn't be that, you know, looking forward to backing short price uh, winners in this one. Uh, Mike, I don't know if you had any different thoughts at all. Well, I, I read a quote from Spieth saying that on Sunday he had no idea where any of his uh, shots were going. Um, so, 
I made a 14 to 1 equal favourite on the strength of his run of form this year and the fact that he's um, gone well on quite a few occasions in the past, uh, you know, this track. Um, but I think we'll probably learn a lot after uh, after this week's tournament starts. I mean, is he back to being bad, Spieth, and he's going to go for four winless years? Um, or was Sunday just an outlier round and he'll be back to, uh, back to the previous form he showed all year? So I'm a bit dubious about Spieth, but I couldn't find anyone that I uh, uh, could match him or Ram in terms of framing a market for the event. So I made them both 14 to 1 in the end. Yeah, what what are your thoughts on on Colin Morikawa? I mean, there was a stark difference between how he coped with the Workday Charity Open and winning that in uh, beating Justin Thomas in the playoff, and then finishing forty eighth the following week on the tougher test. Do you think that was um, you know rebounding from a win, or do you think Mike that that was maybe that you know this test itself and and how it sets up and maybe there's a bit more of a focus on the putting that he that he struggled that week. Yeah. I like Morikawa. I think he's potentially a future world number one um, as his uh, game evolves. If he can, if he can get a decent, a half decent short game, um, you know, he can go to world number one. Um, I, I just really love guys who, who can who can really strike their irons and uh, are somewhat fearless. Um, so yeah, I like Morikawa. I made him a third favourite, sixteen to. One, which was also about where the market was at, but um, I think there's a lot more negative that you can attribute to, say, Bryson or Rory or JT, um, Finau, um, Hovland, um, Cantlay. Just looking at all those guys at the top of the market, there's a lot of question marks about almost every one of them. Yeah, for me, it was Morikawa that kind of stuck out as as the rock solid one, but Jason. There's a name to mention at the end of there that you uh, you're pretty happy to take on this week. I, I'm purely doing it in in and this whole argument about opinion and, and figures and stuff like that. Yes, I'm concerned about recent form for Patrick Cantwell. Um, you ha- you have to be really. Um, but I was I was pleased to see that he ranked fifth in um, t- uh, 11th in tee to green and fifth in approaches at the PGA. Now, obviously, we come here and he absolutely adores this place. Um, you know, he's won here. He should have probably won a couple of times. Um, they have changed the course, uh, as we discussed. Does it really matter? He's still going to have lots of positive um, mental uh, thoughts coming into the process. Um, as far you know, the heritage is obviously Pete Dye, Jack Nicholas design. Um, he's had top threes twice there. Uh, Riviera, he's a top five. Um, he plays in the, in the best tournaments. He does well in the best tournaments. He's got traveller's form. He's top 30 currently in strokes gained approach, despite those uh, recent poor performances. I, I'm, I'm taking it that he's going to come here and he's going he's to find a bit. Um, and I struggle to see, of the top lot, he's the one that I think is most solid um, and the one that I think would just come and, and perform as he always does here. So 22 to 1, we, we discussed Patrick Cantley. I think we've been discussing him since we came back after lockdown. Yeah. You kept saying he was too short. I kept saying he was too big. We went off him and he performed. Um, if you go through the overall um, strokes gained average on this course, according to Data Golf, over the past few years, he ranks number one. Yes, it's going to change slightly, but you know, uh, it was had he come here without anything on the PGA uh, and he'd gone three missed cuts and a 50th and some rough figures, then uh, I, I may have said no. But 
his figures are back to where they should be off the tee. They're back to where they should be with his irons. Yes, we can worry about his putting, um, but he looks solid to me. I think everything points to him. Take take my view away from the miserable git. Um, and I'm going to put him up at 22. Yeah. Yeah, next in the market for me was Hideki Matsuyama and I make a joke on here every week about the fact he's going to finish 20th and probably after now I've decided to pick him it'll be so ironic that he will finish 20th um, because I'll deserve that um, but I just thought that his course form um, was just absolutely superb like when you know he's a winner here he's 5th or 6th or 13th where he was you know he started very well I think he was leading after day one there um, there, there's kind of links to Firestone when you look at the winners he's won there as well um, he hasn't reacted too badly to being a Masters champion which is always a nice thing to see Ninth in tee to green at uh, the PGA Championship um, 11th in strokes gain approach that for me Mike was just enough to uh, to take Hideki Matsuyama this week yeah I think um, you know if you're a course form truther um, you really have to consider both Cantlay and Matsuyama. Um, Cantlay's form hasn't been good enough, uh, to my way of thinking. Um, what, four missed cuts, no top tens in his past seven starts. Um, but, you know, coming back to a place he likes and where he's won, can't argue with Jason over that. And Hideki, I mean, you know, I mean, after the Masters, he took four weeks off and probably wanted to take four months off. And uh, just loves his place and, and his game. If he's got his A game, uh, he could win. Personally, I rated him 25 to 1. Um, so I didn't have him at the same level as, say, uh, Marikawa, Spieth uh, or Ram. I had him more at the level of um, Rory, JT, Xander. Yeah, no, but to be honest, that kind of sits pretty well with me still because I just think that he's... He's kind of been overlooked a little bit. I think there's this, this kind of opinion around him at the moment that he won't be able to do it again in the season because he's won that Masters. And uh, and I'm probably guilty of thinking like that about certain people. And, and I'm trying a different approach. I see his numbers have been good since he won. Um, you know, he's hitting the ball well. Coming back to a course he does like. The bad finishes he has had here, he's started well and sort of faded. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy to have him. Um, he was he was the one for me at the top of the market, and then the next ones for me were kind of fifty five to one and below. So, Jason, any more for you in the, in this sort of range? Oh, I mean, I'm I'm surprised you haven't put Patrick Reed up. Um, yeah. You seem to always do that every single week. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Fitzpatrick, but I think again, everything is pointing to him having an absolute brilliant. He has to win one surely soon. Um, I mean, he's he's so knocking on the door; it's unbelievable, and he, he does. Again, he fits. He fits my figures. So um, yeah, obviously, also mine playing very accurate with his drive. So he gives himself plenty of chances off the fairway. Um, third here in 2020 in the Memorial rather than the Workday. Um, he's got form over um, obviously at Riviera. Even recently, he was fifth over there, top five. Probably should have done better. Eleventh at the Workday, tenth Arnold Palmer. Ninth at the Players, which fits in with uh, many of the winners that have. Um, or many of the top course performers over here. Fourth at Heritage, which again fits beautifully, um, and probably wasn't long enough to, to compete at the PGA, to be honest. I don't like backing Matt Fitzpatrick, but if we're going to do the figures and everything, I mean, 35 to 1 top 8. I, I, you know, you know, we don't really pick below 50 most of the time. 
No. But I just think occasionally there, there are just players that they just stand out. I, I would have thought that 40, 40 would have been too big. 30, probably a touch too short. 35 sits right. And there are so many positives about him that it's, I may I may have to put him in. I think for me, when, when I look at Matt Fitzpatrick, he's striking, I don't know if it's just a lazy sort of analogy, but he just strikes me as someone that will win on a difficult golf course. And there's his classical test that he always seems to see. He turns up at Riviera, he turns up here, turns up the Honda Classic, Bay Hill. He just seems to, to thrive in those sort of you know environments. And um, Mike, I don't know how you rate Matt Fitzpatrick, but he does appear to be looking to get that PJ victory at some point soon. And, uh, and maybe this is the sort of test that would suit him. Yeah, I rated him uh, 30 to 1, which is the same same price I attributed to uh, Cantlay and Finau. So I sort of put him in that group. Uh, my only reservation with him, and the same with Finau, Louis Oosthuizen, um, you know, you just reel off the names. Scotty Scheffler, Corey Connors, they're playing great golf, but just don't win. Um, so in that in that price range, the only guy that appealed to me was uh, Patrick Reed, who I think opened around 33. So I rated him 25 to one. Uh, likes the course, uh, a good set of recent form with uh, a couple of top tens. So yeah, in that group, a guy who can get it done and win. The only one that's in that sort of range to me is uh, Patrick Reed. Yeah, I mean, so I put Patrick Reed up at Colonial last week. I was quite bullish, actually, at 22 to 1 uh, because of that recent form you speak about and, and the Texas links and how well he plays there. Uh, and, he, and he obviously disappointed. And maybe I'm just guilty of jumping off people as soon as they miss a cut. I mean, Jason, we speak all the time about, you know, not all missed cuts are equal and, and I should probably listen to our own advice um, because at 33 and 35 to 1, then you saying that you're surprised and didn't pick him as well um, kind of suggests that, that there's probably a bit of value there. I don't know. I never get Pat Reed right, you know. Um, I don't think we ever do. So uh, when it looks like it's actually bang up his street, he, he underperforms and comes flying through and ends up ninth or something. Um, but I agree, Mike's right. I mean, you look at that group, and he is a proven winner. He's a proven winner in top grade. He does it time and time again, and he'll he'll give you a proper run for that top eight, won't he? Um, so yeah, you know, um, I haven't put him up, but I can see certainly see why you would. I had Charlie Hoffman written down. Um, the only reservation I've got is the course form. He's been here several times, and, and his best finish in the when it's not been the workday is nineteenth, and he's got his seventh here at that workday last year. And I just wonder if he does need it that little bit easier around his golf course. But he's just his approach numbers are absolutely superb. Um, Jason, he was third for you last week at, at Colonial. Um, but he's just, he's just hitting it absolutely brilliantly. And he's kind of, we spoke about it last week, he's had such a resurgence in his career. Second, third and third in strokes gain approach his last three starts. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because it's one of those, like, and, and Michael have an opinion on this as well um, after you come on, Jason. But it's whether you rate the course form and current form, you know, can he outperform? It's like you put up Patton Kazaya last week. Um, and I just looked at his course form and kind of wrote him off and he played brilliantly because he's hitting the ball well and I just think that maybe Hoffman could do similar this week he's just absolutely flying I mean it, I was so for Saturday I'd literally tore my betting slip up 
uh, not that they exist anymore, but um, he, he was he was awful on Saturday. And, and there he was. I turned on the telly Sunday, and there he is, banging away birdies all over the place. That's Charlie Hoffman. Never wins, does he? Um, can Is there still juice in... Um, I mean, there is one show of 50 to 1 top 8, um, which you can probably actually get on, um, as opposed to 55 top 5. And I, I do think, yeah, I do think there is still some value in there just because he's hitting the ball like a machine. And you never know. You talk about the course form. You know, I don't know. Maybe the lines of the bunkers now suit him better. We've got no idea until it until it plays out. Um, but the way he's playing, just ride the train, mate. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Any thoughts on Charlie Hoffman there, Mike? I, I just and just your general point of view on how highly you rate course form against current form, I suppose. Yeah, well, I rate current form much much multiples um, higher than course form. Uh, this is one of the courses where I actually rate course form higher, but it's still only uh, a 10% element of the price. Um, so recent form and his is spectacular. I'm just looking at here, 17th, 34th, 2nd, 18th, 11th, 18th, 17th, 3rd. He's in the form of his life just about. Um, Prior to this year, I was probably a bit ageist about guys who are you know, heading to their mid-40s, but I think there's been enough examples uh, on, on both main tours in the past 12 months to, to counter that ageist argument. You know, Brian Gay and Stuart Sink, and uh, who, was it? who won on the European tour last week at age 48? Was that Bill Bland. Bland? Yeah. Bill Mickelson. Yeah, I rated, uh, I rated Charlie 45 to 1, which is a little shorter than the market, and um, and I don't think he can win. Because he never wins. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> and, uh, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's funny because because he's been around for so long, we do say that about him, but he's got four PGA Tour titles. I know they're in various events, but you know, he won the Deutsche Bank Championship, which is a you know, fairly prestigious title back in the day, beating Jeff Ogilvy, Luke Donald, Jason Day, Snedeker, Scott. So... I think he can do it. I just like you say, he doesn't do it often enough. But I think that there's plenty in that fifty to one eight places that, to me, you know, if he finishes, if he's in contention and finishes third, then so be it. It's something that you kind of come to expect. Is what kind of happened last week when we put him up, um, and I'm, I'm pretty happy to roll the dice for him again. If he carries and hit his irons like that, he's going to find himself in contention another four or five times this season. So absolutely happy there at fifty fifty to one for eight places. Um, Mike, any picks for you below 100 to 1? Uh, let me see. Um, I liked Gary Woodland. I rated him 40s in the market. was quite a bit longer. Um, Billy Horschel, I rated 36. market <laughs> was 66. Um, but he never wins either. Oh, actually does. Yeah. Would he win in that team competition? Um, Matt Wallace, I liked a little at 90 to 1. And, yeah, Stuart Sink, there we go. Lovely. Well, I'm glad you said the two names you said there, because I've got Billy Horschel and Gary Woodland written down as my next picks, and I just, I was curious, because I think you're someone that is quite a fan of Gary Woodland, and and you you were kind of on him an awful lot before, if I remember rightly, before he won that that major championship. He was someone that kind of stuck out in models for you and was always a bit um, longer in the market than he'd expected. Um and I think he's coming back to that sort of form again. 
Yeah, he's definitely back in form. I mean, just look at his form line. There's a couple of toes, a fifth and a sixth and a fourteenth in his past six starts and, and good, strong fields. He's got plenty of good history at, um, at this course, plenty of top tens. Um, yeah, so I thought he raced out around 40, 45 to 1. Uh, and I think the only market I have in front of me is Bet365. They opened 60s. So he was of interest straight away because I don't like taking anybody shorter than 50 to 1 on my uh, each way doubles. The only other one who we skipped over was Sam Burns. His, his last three starts are fourth, first, second. Yeah. Um, did he did he get COVID? Was that was that the withdrawal a couple of weeks ago? Uh, yes, I he did. Remember. Yes, he did get. You know exactly what it was. That makes a bit of a question mark. Um, just scrolling down the rest of the field, I can't see anybody who I really rated substantially shorter than the market. Pat and Kazire, I had 80s. Market was 100. Um, Brendan Todd, believe it or not, I rated 75. So he was 110. And Troy Merritt. Three top tens in his past four starts. I rated him seventies, and the market was one hundred and twenty-five. So I'll definitely be having a look at him. That's about it. Lovely, excellent, uh, Jason. I, was, I thought that maybe you'd mention Sam Burns as well. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Sam Burns because I've got Keegan Bradley on the list, <laughs> and of course, when 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 uh, you know I was fortunate to be on Sam Burns when he won. Um, it was thanks to Keegan doing a little bit of Keegan stuff again, wasn't it? Um, but I thought he fought back really, really well that day over at uh, Valspar. Um, and and I, for me, again, he's a player that's absolutely, you know, he's just hitting the ball beautifully at the moment. Um, I, I'm actually, I, he's got two top tens here when you go back. We know that he was out of form for a number of years. Um, I think he's back. We discussed that at the Wells Fargo, I think, or whatever it was. Yeah, um, yeah he's hitting the ball beautifully, exactly what this course really requires. Uh, when we go back to look at people that have got significant um, uh, rounds around here, Cantley, Cooch, Rose, Adam Scott, go back to uh, Van Pelt, believe it or not, and Graham Delat. Um, we've also got fans. They all they all have form um, around Riviera, Travellers, blah, 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 blah. He has the same 60 to 1, I think, underestimates him. I think he should be 10 points shorter. Um, and if they go down the stretch, I have him as beating Hoffman by short head. So one of them can win. Um, and yeah, as I say, I had a 50, so I'm, I'm happy to put Keegan Bradley in. I think he's he's playing some fantastic golf at the moment. Yeah, I, I agree, actually. And and I kind of looked at Keegan Bradley and looked at his course history and thought I was a bit disappointed in him. When you look at where those two eighth place finishes come, that was kind of when he was at his, you know, when he was playing well. And, and I think you kind of got to avoid the last couple of years because he was in a right mess, wasn't he? And I think if you can... You can hone in on where he was when he was winning major championships and, and, and WGCs and look at where he's played well. This is a sort of test that would suit him. Uh, just a correction on my Sam Burns withdrawal comment. It wasn't COVID. It was uh, a lower back issue, Mike, um, after the first round of the PGA uh, re-aggravated. So um, that would possibly explain the, the odds there. So, yeah, as we mentioned in there, Billy Horshaw and Gary Woodland for me, uh, 66 to 1 and 60 to 1. Just... For me, Woodland had a fifth and a fourth at the course. Um, 22nd, 12th and 22nd again. The strokes again approaching the last three. As Mike mentioned, fifth and 14th current form uh, over the last three starts. And and similar sort of thing for, for Horschel, really. 
Uh, 9th, 7th and 13th here. He improves on his opening round all the time. Um, just needs to get a faster start. And I just wonder, and I don't know how you really quantify this, but he is a player that has been determined to get in the Ryder Cup for, for a number of years. Um, it's a bloody hard team to make this season, but I would have thought that if he wins this, uh, he certainly catapults himself into that discussion. And I just wonder um, whether that comes up. So that would that would be for me. Um, I just had Troy Merritt written down again, and I don't know if that's just because he done me a favour last week. Um, but it, but he's playing some. He's just hitting the ball really nicely. Um, he, he goes back to courses that he enjoys quite often. He's at a 17th and a 22nd here. He was leading after round two um, back in 2019. Uh, obviously fell away. It's a, quite a tough tournament to win. And as we can tell by the fact that we're not going right down to the bottom of the market, I think there's probably only a number of players that we think we can get the job done. Um, but any any long shots for you, Jason? Um, I looked at Bubba, but he's, he's iron game's gone completely. Um, based on the course correlations, obviously, at Riviera, uh, Travels, etc. Kevin Strillman, I thought was interesting. Played well last time. Um, and again, does like um, a sort of Jack Nicholas-type design. Um, but he, he went a bit, didn't he, when he was in contention. So I'm throwing up uh, Michael Thompson, who no one ever knows when he's going to perform. Um, but he does have the form at the Travellers, the Heritage and the Genesis. Um uh, look, that, that's a purely chuck in the air, 250. He's going to be 400 on Betfair. So I'll do the usual, try and double my money at quarter the odds and let the rest rise. So I'm asking for him to go down to about 100 to 1 in running. Um, so I'm happy to take that just because when he performs, he can. He's got top 10s at Heritage. He's got a, a top 5 at Travellers. You know, he has to go back quite a long time ago. Um, he's got form around here. Um, and nobody knows, absolutely nobody knows when he's going to be 40 the way he's going to be. Uh, you know, 250th. So I'm throwing him in for pennies on Betfair. But that really is it for, the, for this tournament. Yeah, and, and Mike, just to, to follow on from your uh, Pat and Kaziah uh, rating there, was was that basically down to his, his couple of recent starts? I mean, he's fourth and fifth as well in strokes gain approach in his last two, two events. Yeah, it was purely form-based, uh, nothing else. Absolutely, I think he's a. I think he's a good price there. I think that the 125s and the 100 to one, I think there there's some juice in that. Adam Hadwin popped up last week after a while. He looked like he was kind of going to do something, and and he and he has now done that. So whether that's a, a, an anomaly or whether he is back, we we'll, uh, certainly still see. Uh, Martin Laird wrote uh, strokes gain approach. He led the field last time out. Uh, at the PGA, so that's obviously something to look at. And he was 23rd here on his last start, hasn't played here for a couple of years. Um, so he was someone I thought was of, of interest as well. Um, but really, for me, I think it's you've got to stick nearer to the top of the market. Um, so I'll summarise my picks for this right. one and, and let Mike get out of here. Um, so I have got Hideki Matsuyama at 25, 22, 28, wherever you want to get on. Um, I think he's a win bet for me, so I don't, I don't mind where you take him there. Uh, Charlie Hoffman at 50 to 1 with the eight places. Um, Jason's kind of told me he's King Bradley as well, and I'll take Billy Horshaw and Gary Woodland. Uh, Jason, if you can give us picks as well. Uh, Pat Cantley off the top, but better bets are Hoffman and Bradley through the middle. Um, I should have mentioned Doug Gim, who's definitely trending right, but I just don't know what course he's going to perform on. 
Um, and I'm going to throw a few quid on Michael Thompson on Betfair. Uh, and that is my lot on over there. And Mike, over to you for your picks in the Memorial Tournament. Uh, yeah. Patrick Reed to win. Um, I like uh, Gary Woodland each way. And uh, longer shots, uh, Troy Merritt. And one I missed when I looked through before, um, KH Lee, um, who was playing very consistently well and then finally got a win when I didn't back him. <laughs> uh, he run, he's uh, played twice here, 35th and 37th. And uh, I can forgive him, missed cut after that win. He's had a week off. I rated him 80 to 1, actually, and the uh, market opened 160s. So. He'll be a contender for the each way doubles as well, along with Merritt, uh, Sink, Wallace, Warshill, and Woodland. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with with KHL, just before we, we let you go there, Mike, is that he's played well at the Honda Classic. It was Nicholas Design, who's tied seventh there. Uh, he's had a couple of decent play, uh, finishes at Riviera as well, Jason, that you like. Uh, 13th place last year there as well. So, recent winner. Um, like you say, you can probably forgive him that that missed cut. It was in a major championship as well, which is you know the timing of of your major playing. You know after your first win uh, can always be a factor as well. So I think there's plenty of picks to choose from there. Um, Jason, any picks at all in the Porsche European Open? They're not teeing off until Saturday. It's a 54 hole event, and we don't even know who's going to be able to get there. Um, but Paul Casey and Abraham Answer they're playing a six to eight to one favourites. Um, any thoughts in that at all? No, I'll be. Um, I'm doing the 54 hole. Oh, not it's 36 holder, I suppose, for the Sporting Life this week, isn't it? So that'll be the Sunday preview or the whatever preview it is for the final round. I'm going to wait absolutely till then. The only one I'd, I'd, I'd put up is just because we put him up last week and uh, he underperformed is uh, Molinari. Um, I don't expect him to do anything, but that's purely what we're chucking in because uh, we don't want to not be on when he wins. Yep, absolutely. I have gone. Um, Pablo Larafabel is ninety to one. Um, he's just come up at the right time. I get him wrong every time, so you should probably ignore me. Um, but he's hitting the ball well. Hit the ball very well last week. Played well. Uh, likes Germany. He's played well here on his only uh, performance. He was seventh. Um, Shabanka Sharma was trending in my strokes gain approach numbers last week, and I ignored it. And he finished eighth. So I'll be intrigued to see how he gets on. And Ross Fisher was the other name as well that I kind of liked here. Uh, Mike, anything on the European Open? Yeah, there's just a, just a few that stood out based on initial pricing. Um, Jordan Smith, who won me a lot of money last week, um, his form's been trending positively. 56, 33rd, 17th, 3rd, and um, he won here back in 2017. Um, market Open 45s, which I thought was it's ridiculous. Um, Kurt Kitayama, I think, uh, is coming back to some form. He was also 45s, and I rated him a lot shorter. Um, Mike Lorenzo Vera showed a bit last week, even though he didn't finish well. Um, and he likes this course, so I thought 110 was a bit long for him. And uh, a guy I would love to see do well, Renato Paratore, had a few good uh, placings recently. Finished second here couple of uh, iterations ago and 125 looked a little big for him but uh, as you're saying it's very early days um, I don't think anybody who's been in England in the past 
uh, <clears throat> two weeks can, uh, can enter Germany before Friday or something. I, I was reading based on the, the travel patterns of these guys. So there might be a lot of guys turning up, uh, flying in on the Friday and teeing off on Saturday. So it could be a shambles. Yeah, and, and that's where we're kind of being um, a little bit, not lax on it, but a kind of wary of who to pick really because it's so hard to get so invested in an event when there's such you know huge question marks over travel and things like that. Um, Mike, we'll let you get out of here. Um, thank you very much for joining us as ever. Um, we look forward to having you on again soon and, and thank you for joining us this week. That was a pleasure. Thanks, guys. You can plug your site, Mike. Don't worry. I'll, let, I'll let you plug the site. <laughs> oh, Green Square Golf, yeah. Well, it's all about form. Ten bucks, uh, ten bucks a month, or hundred bucks a year, less in euros. And uh, we're now putting out uh, sheets and whatever else we can lay our hands on for every tournament in the world on which there's betting. And um, I price them all up as well and publish my uh, prices there. And I just did an analysis of those prices on the 290-odd tournaments that uh, have occurred since we launched almost a year ago. And um, those 290 winners, uh, my price on them was um, shorter than the bookmakers uh, on 144 occasions and the same as them on about 55. So some useful price pointers in there for people who want to... Um, uh, dig a little deeper than just the superficial form that we publish. So, yeah, that's my unrehearsed pitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I just echo everything that the Mike said. There is this was a a resource that we used for years, wasn't it, Jason? You know, to to really get a check of the course form and current form, and, and obviously we have a different one now. But that it that you know it was our go to. And my my favourite thing was when I put my tips up, I'd see how Mike had uh, priced them, and I hope that they. Uh, hope that they were a lot shorter than the market was and, and that was always a good indicator for me um so green square golf as, as you said there um just check it out it's, it gives you all the form um i think from a from a, a selling perspective it's an unbiased uh, opinion in terms of you know it's, it's modeling it's i suppose there is your input in it mike in, in terms of your prices but actually it is just based on the numbers and the form so it, it really isn't something that should um, people should look dead set against and think that you have an opinion over any one player. It is basically what it chucks out to you. Yeah, that's right. It's just uh, just the facts, just uh, all of the data uh, summarised in the form of, um, of placings, which has been my theory all along. I don't dig too deeply into stats because <clears throat> I've always believed that they're represented in the form line. So it's... Uh, it's more about trying to derive a, a price from that form line and um, identify the ones that will perhaps give you an edge over the bookmakers over the longer term. Yeah, absolutely that. Thank you very much again for that, Mike. And uh, we'll look forward to speaking to you again soon. Good luck with your bets this week. And Jason, as ever, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Mike. Cheers. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, guys. Good, Good luck, everyone. Good luck. Good luck.